We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears are back to 500 with a three and three record. A disappointing yet not surprising loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday in week six. And now they gear up to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week seven. We're going to talk about all of that, the frustrations with the offense, uh, what's kind of going on this season, and kind of the outlook for the rest of the season in terms of what is the biggest factor. Before we do that, though, let's bring in my co-host Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, we both predicted it last week that the Bears were going to lose um and, and it happened this one kind of had a little extra flavor to it with Aaron Rodgers you know comments at the end but man he did it again he put the dagger into another Bears game and he's now 22 and 5 against them all time it's funny because usually every every year I'll get like one prediction score prediction dead on and this was the one that I had I'm sure this is going to be it because I, I I predicted 24 to 14 which is exactly what happened it's just you know I I get the frustration. I do. And I understand, especially against the Packers, you know, it's just Aaron Rodgers, including, you know, the playoff game and the NFC championship game back in 2010, he's 22 and five against the bears in his career. I mean, that's, that's terrible, but I, I just don't know. I don't know what, where the expectations are for a lot of fans. It just, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I just don't, I, I don't understand why, there were so many people surprised that they lost. I just, the Packers are a better team. Like they, they've been a better team all year, even when they were at their lowest point, like the bears are in transition. We know this, like, you know, I, I don't think you would have talked to one person, uh, you know, that, that covers the NFL that, you know, that covers the bears professionally that would have said, yeah, the bears have a chance at winning the NFC North. Really the only chance that they had was if Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing for the Packers. And I understand you know, the officiating was bad. You know, there was some, you know, it, it went both ways, but it definitely favored, you know, against the bears in terms of the calls. And I understand all that, but it's just, it, it feels like it, it feels like there's a lot of riding too high on the wins and riding too low on the losses right now. And 
you know, we're kind of talking about it before we, we started recording and it's like, look at the Bears' schedule right now. They have faced one team the entire year. They have faced, well, I guess two technically right now because the Browns are, uh, well, I guess the Browns are three and three, uh, but they faced, you know, one team that's under 500 and that's been the Detroit Lions. They have two wins on their resume. Two out of the three wins are against four and two teams right now against the Raiders and then, uh, you know, against uh, uh, the, the Bengals as well. So it's, it's just one of those situations where, to me, the Bears are exactly where I thought they would be. I mean, all you got to do is go back, and if you read my season preview article with the Bears, I had the, up to this point going into week seven, I had them at three and three. Like, this is just where they're at. And frankly, I think they've actually – they've impressed me more than anything just in, in the fact that they are three and three because I don't think anybody saw the Bengals being as good as they are. I don't think anybody saw the Raiders being as good as they are. I mean, both teams are four and two. So – I get it. I understand. It's frustrating to lose to the Packers. I, I, I 100% understand that. I feel that. But at the same time, they're three and three. They were never really meant to be a playoff contender to begin with. And I think, you know, the most, most important thing out of this all is the fact that Justin Fields is starting and, you know, he's playing this as his four start. And that's kind of the other thing that, and I'm sure we'll kind of get into that a little bit more where, it seems like, and maybe it was just the emotion of it being a Packers game, but it seemed like a lot of people put far too high of expectations on Justin Fields. You know, the, the storyline moving into the week was how many, you know, starting quarterbacks the Bears have had in the Aaron Rodgers era and that, you know, Fields is going to change it. And I still think Fields is going to change it, but it's his first start against the Packers in his rookie year in an offense that is flat out terrible all the way around. I just, it feels like, Fans wanted Justin Fields to start and they truly believed that he would give them some crazy better chance to win than Andy Dalton. And the reality of it is, is that while I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback and he's done some things that I really like, he's still a rookie. And it's just a situation right now where there's going to be ups and downs. We saw it within the game. The first drive of the game, he looked great. The next few drives didn't look good at all. He made some mistakes and then he comes back, you know, in the other scoring drive and he looks great again. It's just look around the league. I mean, Mac Jones was literally the perfect example of how the rookie roller coaster has gone so far this year. He goes from throwing a pick six where it looks like they might lose the game to the very next throw that he has and the very next offensive play, he throws a 75 yard touchdown. So it's just, it's a situation where, Again, this is just not a very – this isn't an overly talented Bears team. They're playing – in my opinion, they're playing above their talent level at this point in time. But, at the, you know, again, the, the Bears' offense as a whole is terrible. Their offensive line is inconsistent at best. They don't have a lot of weapons. They don't have a lot of consistency. Their play calling is still an issue, regardless if it's Bill Lazor or Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy is still – this is still his offense. So I just – you know, it's just one of those things where – we're going to see a lot of ups and downs because of their schedule. But the fact is, again, I mean, they have faced, you know, four of their six teams have been above 500. Five of the six teams that they played so far have been 500 or better and they're three and three. I think when you, when you really zoom out and look at how things have played out so far, I, I, you know, like I said, the bears are where I thought they would be. And that's without the Bengals and Raiders being as good as I thought they were. I've actually all in all, I think the bears have had a pretty quality start to the season, you know, all things considered. Yeah. And I mean, let's just call it how it is. The bears are a team and this is how it's going to be the rest of the year. Their defense is going to be good enough to keep them in games. You know, it might be a one, two score game late, 
the offense will be able to move the ball at sometimes, uh, typically the beginning of the games, and then kind of stall out, which has pretty much happened in almost every single game this year. And then they'll kind of just find a way to lose it or they won't be good enough in the end. And that's okay because to me, the most important thing is Justin Fields' development this year. That is the absolute most important thing with this offense. Yes, you'd love for the Bears to win games and win the division and make the playoffs and go on a run. It's not realistic this year. Justin Fields' development is realistic this year. But this offense is really, really, really bad. And kind of looking at some numbers following the Green Bay game, they are dead last in yards per game, 246.2. They're 4.27 yards per play, dead last. They're averaging 117.2 passing yards per game, dead last. That number is a little, not skewed, but that number does include the, what was it, 4 or 5 passing yards ahead against the Cleveland Browns net. Um, so kind of take that into consideration. It doesn't really make that big of a difference because they don't move anywhere. I think they're still dead last with that. They've allowed, um, you know, on sacks allowed per pass, it's 14.77, which is dead last. Um, they're 33% in third downs, which is 28th. And they're only scoring 16.3 points per game, which is 30th. And only two teams, the, the uh, Houston Texans and the, and the uh, New York Jets, are scoring fewer points than them. So I, gotta look, I look at this, and it's, it's year four. It's year four under Matt Nagy. And whether he's calling plays or not this year, he's not. It's Bill Lazor. It doesn't matter. There is no improvement at all. They've almost gotten worse from when he's gotten in. They finished 10th in um, points per game when Matt Nagy got to Chicago in 2018. And let's remember, the defense had about five or six touchdowns of their own, and the defense was you know, getting turnovers at a crazy high rate, setting up the offense again. Every year since that, the Bears have almost gotten worse in points per game. It's, it's just, there's just no improvement at all. And to look at this and, and see, you know, Matt Nagy and his, him being here in four years, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to be a good quarterback at all. And I'm not advocating for that at all. I think it's more of a scheme than anything else. Matt Nagy's scheme just does not work and has shown it cannot work right now in the NFL. Yeah, it, it's just, man, it's one of those things where, <laughs> yeah, Matt Nagy's offense is terrible. And uh, I, I think, you know, we're starting to kind of see that maybe this whole Andy Reid tree offensively is not really the best idea. And, you know, you, you kind of look at it and it's kind of the thing, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit last year and this year. And I'm not debating that Matt Nagy shouldn't be calling plays because obviously he shouldn't. I think the bears are in a slightly better spot with Bill, Bill Lazor, but you know, I, it's funny because Dan Durkin and I were going back and forth uh, a few weeks ago. And, it, you know, I basically said something along the lines of like, you know, it's good that Matt Nagy's not calling plays, but Bill Lazor is still not a good play caller. Like he's still not a good offensive coordinator. And I had a few people kind of, you know, start questioning like, well, how do you, how do you even know? And it's like, because he, this isn't the first stop where he's been the offensive play caller. Like he's had two different teams in which he's done that with. So it's, you know, and there was never really any improvement and their offense was, were never really ranked, you know, towards the top of the list. So it's just one of those situations where, you know, the offense is what it is. And, you know, I know a lot of people are freaking out and they're talking about how, uh, you know, how, you know, the, the offense was so much worse this week, but 
in reality, it really wasn't. It really wasn't that much different. I mean, the fact is, is they're not asking Justin Fields to throw the, the ball that many times. Uh, they're relying heavily on a run game that has worked well for them, but it's a very archaic approach, especially in today's NFL. And the reality of it is, is the Bears have had two uh, weeks in, out of six weeks where they've had over 300 yards of total offense. And one of those was with Matt Nagy as a play caller in week one when they're basically blown out and they were just throwing the ball around. So it's it's one of those situations where I, I think, again, you know, people are riding too high and they're riding too low depending on whether they win or lose. The reality is that the Bears offensive line, while – you know, they've had their moments of playing pretty well against, you know, lesser fronts. Uh, you know, the, the reality is, is that Jason Peters, the 39 year old that they signed literally as he was fishing um, is the, has been their best offensive lineman all this year, you know, for all the talk about how stable the interior line was supposed to be Cody Whitehair, James Daniel, Sam Mustafer, all of them have been inconsistent at best. Uh, right tackle is obviously an issue right now too. Jermaine Effetti really wasn't playing that well. Elijah Wilkinson, yeah, whatever. I mean, he is what he is. So you, you start kind of looking around this roster and it's like Allen Robinson has not been the same player this year. Granted, the opportunities haven't been there, but even when they have been, he hasn't been making as many plays as he normally does. Darnell Mooney, I'm sure he'll pick it up as things go along, you know, but you just kind of go through the roster and it's like Demir bird was a guy that you kind of expected coming off a career year in new England last year to kind of step up. And the guy hasn't done anything all year. I mean, he had a drop pass on a screen where he could have, you know, at least picked up something. And the reality of it is, is if the bears get behind the chains offensively, they are not going to be in good shape and it's probably going to be a three and out or that entire drive is going to end once they get, you know, behind the chains, they're committing penalties, they're having bad mental lapses. It just is what it is at this point. And obviously some of this is talent. I mean, a, you know, a decent amount of it is talent as well, but it's still, you know, how can you, it kind of goes back to the off season where, you know, the bears said that they, you know, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips sat up there, you know, at the presser when they said that they were going to keep both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And they said they, they wanted to see improvement and, if you look at the last, you know, if you look at from 2018 on in terms of offensive numbers, things have gone nothing but backwards for this team, including this year. Like you said, they're last in total, you know, in yards per game, they're 30th in points per game. It's, I mean, they are taking steps back every single year. And really what it's coming down to is you can switch the quarterback out as many times as you want. But, you know, there's just some serious flaws within this offense. And now they've kind of gotten to the point with Justin Fields being the quarterback. Well, he's not even throwing the ball nearly as many times as any of these other rookie quarterbacks are. And I understand everybody has a developmental plan that's different. I have seen development from Justin Fields. Maybe it hasn't been as consistent as some people have hoped. But at the same time, it's just it's a broken offense. And this is something that we've been seeing for a while. This is why I was so upset in January, when when uh, you know when those two sat down and basically said, "Yeah, we're going to bring these guys back," it's like, how can you expect improvement when things don't change? And that's kind of the thing. Things have been getting worse. The offense, the Bears' offense, was figured out at the end of 2018. It didn't get any better in 2019. It didn't get any better in 2020. It hasn't gotten any better so far this year either. And it kind of gets to a point where, you know, Matt Nagy can continue to point fingers. He can, you know, he, he pointed the finger at uh, 
Harry Heastand and um, and Mark Helfrich, you know, and then all of a sudden he gets rid of those guys and, you know, you bring in, you know, new, you know, new offensive minds and new coordinators and new coaches and nothing changes. It, well, it does change. It gets worse. And that's kind of where this offense is and where this offense is going to continue to be. And again, they have established an identity and that's great. They have established an identity. They're a run first team. They're going to rely on the run. But the issue is, is when they get, when they play from behind, which they didn't do the, the prior two weeks, when they, when they beat the lions and when they beat the Raiders, they didn't have to play from behind. And if they did, it was three points. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a 10 point game. And as we saw when the bears get down 10 points or, you know, a touchdown or whatever it is, and they need to consistently score offensively and move the ball, they can't do it. This is the same thing that we've seen from them for years. And it's not going to change until there's a change up at the top with Matt Nagy. I mean, that's just really where it's at. It, you know, I, I've said it a few times, uh, you know, this this week, and I'll say it again, you know, on the on the you know recording this. If Matt Nagy is the head coach of the Bears in 2022, I have a strong feeling that Justin Fields is going to bust, and it's not because of anything Justin Fields is doing it, but it's just simply because you cannot continue to put a young quarterback in this type of situation and expect him to succeed. It's just not going to happen. And it's not to say that he hasn't developed, that they don't have a, you know, a developmental plan for him, because I truly believe that they do. And I have seen development from him, but this kind of approach cannot, it shouldn't even last the entire season, but it's definitely not something that can last into 2022. It's just not, they have to move to a real offense with a real offensive mind that have actually called plays before that has that actually has a proven offensive identity, whether that be Brian Dable, whether that be, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a multitude of different names out there um, right now, you know, in terms of offensive coordinators that could absolutely fit the bill. Matt Nagy's not that guy in terms of being a head coach. Okay. You know, that's up for debate. I'm kind of, you know, on the side of, he's just not that good of a head coach. He's just not that good of a coach in general, but either way, you know, and we talked about this multiple times, the main focus has to be on Justin Fields at this point, you know, obviously over these next, you know, 11 games and we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not worried about this year. I'm really not. I want to make that clear. I'm not worried about his development this year. I think it's going to be completely fine. You don't have to have a good rookie rookie year to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying moving forward. It's just, you can't expect things to change because this is just what the offense is. And it has been proven to be a really bad offense that is continuing to get worse. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, 
you know, you're right. Let's, let's look at what happened against the Packers and the bears defense kind of set the tone early on, stopped green Bay forced a punt. Chicago's offense went what 80 yards. Um, a couple, they had a couple penalties on defense that aided them. They went 80 yards in, in finished the drive off with, with a touchdown. But you look at the first play on goal to go, what the bears do. They try a little, you know, fancy pitch play to Cole commit and it gets stuffed. Bill Lazor's calling the plays, but you're right. He's not much better right now than Matt Nagy is. The only thing that Bill Lazor is doing better is they're running a little bit more, even though they kind of still go away from it at key times. The Bears have found success over the last couple of weeks actually going under center, strong power formations, running the ball, and then they go away from it. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's exactly Matt Nagy telling Bill, hey, you know, we kind of have to run these plays here. We kind of, you know, want to do this. Maybe let's open it up in the passing game. Your identity is clear. I think everyone sees what the Bears' identity is. It's running the football. That's not really going to work in, in this day's NFL. It, it really does. I mean, you look, Tennessee and Baltimore are probably the two prime examples. But for the Bears, you still have to have a quarterback and an offense that can move the football through the air as well. They really don't have that right now. Then you look at the rest of the game and the Bears offense is pretty much wet in a shell. Yeah, say what you want about the offside. Okay, I get it. He looked like he was offside. They should have thrown the flag. But then you had a dumb penalty by Mario Edwards on the next drive. The defense gives up a touchdown to Aaron Rodgers. Fine, okay. The offense comes out and stalls again, a three and out. They can't move the football. Green Bay takes the lead. Then the offense screws up again right before halftime because they can't get set. You know, you have a rookie quarterback that probably should have thrown the ball away instead of taking a sack to get him out of field goal range, stuff like that. You can kind of live with it in terms of rookie quarterback. But then in the third quarter, the offense comes out flat again. It's just, it's how it's been under Matt Nagy since he's been here. It's how it is still under Bill Lazor. The scheme doesn't work. What they're trying to do does not work. And it's not going to work right now. And I totally agree with you. If Matt Nagy's here, which, you know, I don't think he's going to be here the way this is going this year. They're not going to be able to develop Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is going to, is going to be a bust because they, for some reason, can't figure out how to develop a young quarterback, how to play their strengths of their offense, and how to get things going. And, you know, another example of it is, and I kind of found this bizarre, and I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. The play where Justin Fields misses Allen Robinson wide open. And Fields talked about it after the game. He gave kind of an explanation to, at the time, to me, it sounded a little, you know, not snarky, but kind of like he was pissed off. And maybe, you know, he was told like, yeah, you weren't supposed to look at Allen Robinson's way. But to not even, you know, that's kind of the problem. To have a wide receiver streaking down the field and not even see him or what's going on with that play is a little concerning to me. And I get us, you know, a naked bootleg out and he had to avoid the pressure. And there was, you know, Matt Nagy even said there was a referee standing next to Allen Robinson. I think if Fields was truly honest about it all and kind of could kind of speak off, you know, right away about it again, I think he would have said, yeah, I messed up. I should have seen him deep. I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm a football expert. It just seems kind of odd to me the answer that they gave you know, for him missing a wide open wide receiver, you know, down the field. Well, it's, it's one of two things. It's either, it's just a poorly designed play. And again, coming from a poor offense or yeah, I mean, more likely, like you said, it's probably just him trying to protect a rookie quarterback. And again, that's kind of the thing with, you know, everybody pounding the table. It would be better if they just came out and field just came on and said, yeah, I missed him. 
you know, I did. Well, I mean, there. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, mean, I don't mean you. to cut you no, off. No, I get yeah, it. Just, I agree, but I mean, Matt Nagy could have made things a lot easier a lot of times. I mean, the, the same thing about you know, we got to find out the whys of why we're not scoring points. Well, I mean, dude, we're going to your four. Come on. I mean, the why is you, it's just, you know, it's, he doesn't do himself any favors. The bears is an organization with the way that they handle the media and they handle everything else as a whole. They don't do themselves any, you know, any favors. And it's just one of those things where, you know, everybody pound on the table, including me, you know, for Justin Fields, Justin Fields should have been on the week on the, on the field week one. I mean, this whole Andy Dalton thing was completely pointless it was very evident early on that this just like, you should have just gone with your rookie quarterback out of the gate, got him all 17 games. The, you know, the good thing is, is for the most part, he's going to play an entire full season barring injury. But with that being said, and kind of going back to what we're talking about earlier, you have to live with the ups and downs. And this is just kind of one of the situations where, you know, again, yeah, he made a mistake. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And at this point in time, we cannot trust the coaching staff. We can't really trust the players to be honest with what's going on. I mean, the reality of it is, is that, yeah, he just, you know, there was, he made his fair share of mistakes. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. He did not by and large did not have a good game at all. He had good moments. He had impressive moments, but he had a lot of bad moments as well. And that's kind of one of the things though, where again, we're still, and that's kind of going back to the, the overall scheme of the offense where, I, you know, and that's kind of one of those things where, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, they need to get him out running like Lamar Jackson. He's not the same quarterback as Lamar Jackson. He's not even the same quarterback as Trey Lance. I think a lot of people see some of the stuff that Justin Fields did. He was not a run first quarterback at Ohio State. I know a lot of people want to believe that, but he wasn't. He just simply wasn't. He has the athleticism to run and he should use his legs. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's just one of those situations where, you just have to look at what's going on offensively and realize like he's going to make mistakes. He, he made many of mistakes in the game, but he also had some flashes and it, it makes it, I think the overall thing here is it makes it tougher on fans. It makes it tougher on us when the bears can't just be straightforward and say, yeah, this was a, you know, you know, he made a mistake here, whatever it was. And it leaves everybody guessing what exactly is going on. Kind of the same way, if we're being completely honest, kind of the same way as, you know, the, the offside play. And then the other one where it was kind of, you know, a broken play and Justin Fields goes to throw in the back of the end zone. Why isn't Allen Robinson running towards the back of the end zone? It's clear. That's what Justin Fields wanted to do. That's clear. That was something that he had been coached. You know why? I said it during the game. I told some people this. The Bears gave Justin Fields five first-team reps, essentially, in training camp. Yeah, there is yeah. no familiarity with anyone. And, you know, people want to point to Darnell Mooney, you know, outproducing Allen Robinson. That's fine. Maybe Darnell Mooney, you know, gets it with, with Justin Fields a lot quicker. That's not always going to be the case with everyone. The, the fact that they gave Justin Fields five legit first-team reps, which I count as 11-on-11, 7-on-7 with the entire first team, it is absolutely ludicrous because they want to stick to the stupid plan of Andy Dalton. And I'm not saying Justin Fields, I take every rep. How do you not mix in maybe 60, 40, you know, 70, 30, because what did Matt Nagy say the entire offseason? He said, Andy Dalton's a veteran that's picking up this offense quick and he's learning it quick. Well, if that's the case, then you have some reps to kind of expend there to Justin Fields. Well, and to your point, out of the five first round rookie quarterbacks that happened to be drafted in this year's draft class, Justin Fields was the only one in that situation, even though, and that's kind of the thing, even though Kyle Shanahan was so 
anti Trey Lance starting, never gave him a chance. He was still getting first team reps, not only in practice, but in game situations in the preseason. And yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. I think a few people have made that point over the last few days on Twitter as well, where it's like, this is partially a result of Justin Fields not seeing any sort of real first team reps with first team players to establish chemistry throughout, you know, it was a short off season in terms of, you know, they really didn't do a whole lot up until training camp, but you still had the opportunity to get him more time and you didn't. But again, this goes back to coaching, man. This goes back to the overall plan. That's the thing is they say, Oh yeah, this is all according to our plan. No, it's not. You can't sit here and tell me that, you had plans to give five first team reps to your rookie quarterback and said, yeah, you know, probably around three week, three or four, we know that he's going to be ready to start because if you thought he was going to be ready to start at any point during the first, you know, the first half of the season, then he's getting more first team reps. You're going to see him with the first team offense, uh, you know, in, in, in preseason and everything else like this is, and that's kind of another thing, kind of going back again to the same point of, you just can't trust anything that the bears say at this point, because while they say they have a plan, they didn't have a plan. They may have had a plan of sitting Justin Fields, a majority of the year, whatever it was, but you don't say, yeah, you know, we expected him to take over the starting, you know, in, anywhere from week three to week five, we, you know, we knew he was going to take over the, the, the starting job and then give him absolutely no first team reps throughout training camp and the preseason. Keep in mind training camp and preseason, the overall, you know, it was extended out a week. They got an extra week and they did absolutely nothing with it to help the rookie quarterback who they knew was going to start this early in the season. I call, I, I just, I call BS on it. I just, I do. But again, this is a sign of poor coaching. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it's... it's it's frustration, man. It's, it's poor coaching. It's frustration. And, you know, it just feels like they don't know what they're doing there. And they are so deep inside their own heads to protect everything from leaking out of house hall and getting the competitive advantage. They've just fallen so far into a damn hole that it's going to be the demise of both Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy. They, the, the, the links that they go to, you know, our listeners have heard this multiple times to, keep everything in house hall and, you know, dictate the narrative, you know, all this stuff and not give good answers and not go into detail about good answers and just come up with BS excuses. It's going to be their demise, man. And it's just, we're seeing it right now. They, their offense is going to be historically bad if they continue on this trend 
and it will be with one of the most talented rookie quarterbacks in the league. It's, it's just insane, man. It's just, they shouldn't be like this, but they are just so deep inside their own heads and their own system that just does not work. And they're the only ones that figured out it hasn't worked. And week after week, we have to sit here and listen to Matt Nagy say the whys. We have to find out the whys. Matt, people have been looking for the why. You guys have been looking for the whys since 2018 when your offense wasn't very good in the second half of the season. Everyone knows the whys. It's the scheme. You're the only one. You're it's just it's insane, man. It's 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 um it's crazy because you know Bears fans shouldn't have to continue to go through this. And I think, you know, to your point earlier when you were kind of saying, you know, why would anyone think it'd be different? I don't, I wasn't in that boat. I don't think it was going to be different. I think the Packers were going to win. I think a lot of people, and I don't like to speak for people. I I just think maybe the feeling was, okay, this is a a form one Packers team. That's not very good that, you know, should have lost to the Bengals. Um, They could have lost to San Francisco. Maybe things are different with Justin Fields. Maybe, you know, things are going to be different and they can stop Aaron Rodgers. And then he does it again to you and your offense scores 14 points. I mean, dude, the, the NFL is designed for offenses. This is not 1970. This is not, you know, the early 80s and 90s. The NFL is giving offenses every advantage they can. I mean, they protect quarterbacks. There's more DPI than OPI called. Um, every year, you know, there's defenseless receivers stuff. There's penalties that benefit the offense so much to score points. And the bears are the only damn team that can't figure it out. You look at Houston, Houston's an absolute mess with a rookie quarterback. That's not very good in Davis mills. The jets are an absolute mess with a defensive minded head coach, a talented young quarterback, but literally no offensive weapons. The bears have Darnell Mooney, they have Allen Robinson. They spent a second round pick on Cole Kmet. They have a red zone threat in Jimmy Graham that has one catch on the year and six or something, six or so targets. They have three running backs who can kind of carry the load. Um, you know, what you were seeing with David Montgomery going down. Damian Williams played fine last week. Justin Herbert, or um, Khalil Herbert, I'm sorry, was really good this week. There's just too much talent on this offense for them to only be putting up the 16 points or whatever it is a game. It's it's insane, man. It's, it is just, it's almost like we know the whys, but it's just still kind of hard to digest it all. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it is, it's frustrating because we all know what the issue is. We apparently, except for Matt Nagy at this point, and apparently, you know, except for the, the front office. I mean, it's just, it's just simple, man. I, I you know, it, this has brought up many arguments and debates on, you know, how bad was Trubisky really, you know, how good can Justin Fields really be? Who were the problems, you know, but here's the thing. I mean, they have cycled out essentially their entire offensive line. They've cycled out almost every single one of their offensive, you know, playmakers, whether that be a tight end or receiver outside of Allen Robinson, they've cycled out offensive coordinator. They've cycled, cycled out quarterback coach. They've cycled out uh, offensive line coach and who is left. Matt Nagy. That's it. That's it. That and, and somehow things continue to get worse. So you know, I I will never say that, especially in this type of situation when the Bears don't have first round pick, you should never root for the Bears to lose. Obviously, I mean that's that's definitely not what I'm saying here. But I do think that a best case scenario for them in terms of you know future developments 
is to continue to have Justin Fields play for him not to develop any bad habits, to get the development, to get the experience this year, because really, you know, experience is just as important as development right now for Justin Fields. But moving forward, Matt Nagy needs to be gone. I mean, it, what, and I don't think it's going to take, at least in my opinion, I don't think it's going to take a lot. I think if they miss the playoffs, you know, if they go eight and nine and miss the playoffs, you know, I think there's going to be a little bit of a question, but I think, you know, if they finish six, seven wins and, you know, they're out of it and, you know, the offense continues to look as bad as it is and Matt Nagy is going to be gone. And, and again, I, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, um, you know, but it's just, it's at the point where the longer Matt Nagy's here, the, the scarier, the future gets for Justin Fields and for this team, because you, you can, you know, you can afford at times to miss on, you know, a first round quarterback. You cannot afford to miss back to back with, with uh, first round quarterbacks. And again, I don't think that Justin Fields is going to be a mess. I think the bears are going to pull their heads out of their ass and realize, you know, it's just, it's as simple as this, like Matt Nagy's not the guy you need to figure it out. They'll go out and, you know, if, if there's been any trend that the bears have had in terms of hiring and firing coaches, you know, it's been the fact that if you can't win consistently, if you can't beat green Bay consistently for one, and then two, usually when they make those fire, you know, when they make the firings and they, they bring in a new guy, it's always whatever unit is struggling the most is the the type of coach that they'll bring in. You know, it was the same thing with Matt Nagy coming from John Fox and then coming from Mark Tressman to John Fox. The defense was bad. You know, like you can always go back and you can always look. There's always a trend with their hires. So I'm not particularly worried about that. I just think that the development of this team, the, the young parts of their roster, them figuring out their roster moving forward and all that is obviously key as well, but there needs to be a decision made at the end of the season to say, Hey, this simply isn't working. Matt Nagy may be a great guy. He may be, you know, a pretty quality leader and whatever else, but for the bears and the situation that they're in and as many chances as he's had, this is just simply not working. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I, if I had to pick now, I don't think Matt Nagy will be here next year. Um, but I don't either. I, I just want to make that clear. I don't think oh, Matt Nagy's yeah. going to be here either. Yeah. I, I don't think – I'm not even worried about it. I'm just simply saying, like, he, he's got to be gone. I, and I think you agree with that. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, unless Justin Fields just comes out and lights it up, um, you know, the next – you know, whatever, how many weeks we have left in, in, on the season um, – you know, I, I don't think Matt Nagy is going to be here, and I think it's just going to all fall apart. And I think you know this week is going to be a blowout. Um, I don't think there'll be many blowouts for the Bears the rest of the season. But you look at this match with the Buccaneers, and you know you have Tom Brady, who seems to be on a um, a revenge tour almost. Um, even though they did win the Super Bowl last year to kind of avenge some losses in the past, um, they lost to the Bears last year at, at Soldier Field in the memorable Thursday night game. I think this Buccaneers seems to be too much for them. And I, and I think this could, this one could get ugly. Um, I do think the bears defense is good enough to keep them in the game for the first, you know, two quarters or so. But after that, I mean, you know, I think the Buccaneers are head and shoulders above Chicago. And if the bears, you know, can't throw the football down the field, they're going to be in trouble because Tampa Bay is only averaging or only allowing like 53 yard rushing yards per game on the year. They're the best run defense. Um, in the NFL right now. And that's what the bears want to do. The bears I'm sure will, you know, try to run the football on them, but I don't think it's going to work so well. And, and, and I think it's, it could get ugly on Sunday. And 
Um, you know, with that, I feel like we've talked a lot about how bad the Bears offense is. Maybe we should kind of wrap things up with our X factor and prediction going into uh, week seven here. I don't know. I think I went first last week. Um, so if you want to go first uh, for this week, go ahead. Well, I think you kind of just touched on it a little bit, right? Where if you look at the Buccaneers, they're playing like they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're still not playing that great of football. And that's not for me to say that I think the Bears are going to win the game because I don't. But I, you know, looking at the Buccaneers, especially on the defense side of the ball. They got a lot of issues at DB right now. Richard Sherman's not going to be playing. I think Jamel Dean's the only one of their starters. I well, I guess it's all going to depend on if Anton or Antoine Winfield plays, uh, which he's coming back from a concussion. And I haven't seen anything on that, but they have a lot of injuries in the secondary right now, right? So, kind of feeding off the point, and this is going to be my X factor is like you pointed out, man. The 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 front, well, I mean, both fronts for the Buccaneers are really good. They're much better than the Bears, I, in my opinion. Uh, but especially the defensive front going against the Bears' offensive line, they're not going to be able to run the ball consistently. It's just not going to happen. You know, maybe they are, they'll have better luck than a lot of teams have this year. But like you pointed out, they've been really good against the run this year. So the X factor for me is going to be simple. They have to pass the ball and they have to be able to do it effectively. And it, but it's kind of a two prong thing because it's not just as simple as saying, well, their secondary is really banged up. So they should be fine because as we've seen the bears offensive line has not been overly consistent. So, you know, it's gotta be protecting Justin Fields, but really more than anything, they've got to be able to get their passing game going early and often. And I know that they've been a run first team. I know that's their identity. Maybe they'll have more success, but I mean, let's just be honest, man. They have a lot of talent in that front seven of theirs. And that is not a, that is not a battle. The bears are going to win offensively. So that's going to be my X factor. As far as score prediction goes, uh, you know, I, I wish I could feel better about how this one's going to end up turning out, but unfortunately I just don't, again, I don't think that the Buccaneers are playing that well, but I just don't see this as a very good matchup for the bears. Plus it's on the road. Uh, and it's kind of one of those national spotlight games because it's the main, it's the primary CBS game. We're getting Romo and Nance, uh, for the, for the game on Sunday. And it's going to be, you know, at three twenty-five central. So, I think in terms of score predictions, uh, I mean, Tom Brady, man, he's been really damn good this year. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go 27. I'm going to go 27, 14, uh, 27, 14. Actually, no, I'll go 27, 13. Cause I don't even think the bears are going to get two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I'll go 27, 13 Buccaneers. Oh God, it'd be under their season average of 16 points, but sadly, you know, I, I can see it. I, I guess Buccaneers defense is pretty good. Um, you know, they have some injuries in the secondary, yeah, you know, the X factor for me, it's obvious. It's, it's get the passing game going because, you know, you're, it's going to be really tough to run the football, and, and we don't know if Damian Williams is going to be back. Um, he should be, I'm, I'm assuming. If he is vaccinated, he should be back this week. Um, he's got to provide two, you know, negative COVID tests. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even with him back and, and Quill Herbert, it's going to be tough to run the football. They're going to have to move the ball down the field and take some shots. And I, I just hope Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy have a game plan where they can open up the field a little bit more, give Justin Fields some good throws early on, easy throws early on to get comfortable, and then kind of start to kind of take your shots as the game goes on. If they can't throw the ball, they're, they're not going to put up, you know, 13, 14 points. It could get even uglier than that. I think the Buccaneers are going to win. Um, again, I think Chicago's defense, even though it, it, it doesn't look like they're going to have Robert Quinn for Sunday, he was placed on the uh, COVID-19 reserve list as a positive test. 
Um, if he is vaccinated though, and does provide two negative tests within you know 24 hours apiece, he can play. So that's kind of something to monitor here is it's still early in the week. Um, either way though, I, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay 31, Chicago, I'll say 10. I don't think the bears offense is going to get going again, prove me wrong. Make me eat crow. I will do it hundred percent. I just, I don't see it this week. And, and like I said, I think Brady is, is playing at a very high level still, um, this year. And I, I think he's going to try to look to avenge that loss last season. I gotta ask you this, whose idea was it to put this game on the national spotlight on CBS? This is crazy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it could have been even worse. If they didn't have the national spotlight on CBS, they may have got flexed in the Sunday night football. And I don't think anybody wants to see that. And one other thing I want to say is kind of going back to the not getting too high, not getting too low, depending on if the Bears win or lose. You know, even if the Bears lose this game, the three and four, they got two winnable games on the schedule after that. They got San Francisco at home, and then they have the Steelers who've been playing very inconsistent. And that's a matchup that I actually like the Bears in. So, you know, even if this game, even if the Bears get blown the hell out, I, I would just kind of say, you know, caution against the overreacting too much one way or another. I mean, again, this is who the Bears are. They're not going to be able to beat a lot of good teams, but they're going to be a lot of, you know, they're going to be able to stay in a lot of the other games that aren't against the elite teams in the league. So even if the Bears lose this week and not all is lost, it's not a huge thing. It just is what it is. They, this is the meat of their schedule. This is a really tough part of their schedule. Then they have those two games and they go into the bye. I honestly, I still think realistically they could go into their bye at five and four. And I think if you asked a lot of people moving into the season, especially looking at the schedule, if they could go in five and four to their bye week and have those, you know, basically that last, what would that be? Uh, eight games, you know, left on the schedule, you know, at five and four, I think a lot of people would be feeling pretty good regardless of what your expectations were. So again, just kind of keep things in perspective, even if they lose this week, which they more than likely will, it's not the end of the world. It was to be expected. There's still some winnable games on the schedule, especially those next two games after this week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, they just got to avoid the ugly one this week, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, and the Bears have the second toughest schedule left um, this season in the NFL. I think the NFC North has four of the toughest five schedules left with Green Bay number one, I want to say Chicago two, and then I think it's Minnesota three, and then it's like another team and then the Lions. So things could get ugly. Um, I, I hope, you know, the Bears do go in the bye with a winning record or close to 500 and some momentum, but we'll see. Um, Aaron, where can I want to follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back next week to kind of break down the Bears game against the Buccaneers and then preview it's uh, San Francisco on Halloween. So until then, everyone, please stay safe, and we'll see you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.